There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive-through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at bullrunfestivaloflights.com. That's bullrunfestivaloflights.com. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Grab your neighbor's hand. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we honor you. We bless you. We thank you that your name is great and greatly to be praised. We thank you that there is no God like you. There is no God beside you. So tonight, Father, we pray that you speak to us and speak to us clearly in the name of Jesus. We thank you that we're going to hear something awesome that's going to transform and revolutionize our lives tonight, Father. We thank you that the hand that we're holding is the hand of somebody awesome. It's the hand of a miracle, somebody that shouldn't be standing today, somebody that shouldn't have made it through all of what they made it through, but God, because you're so good they're still here and they're still standing and so god we pray that you'd speak tonight somebody shout speak lord we're ready to hear you in jesus name hallelujah lift your bibles high let's make that confession of faith tonight hallelujah of course we welcome those watching on all of our campuses let's do it together this is my bible it is the living word of god My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith and faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. Shout it out. Y'all believe that. I like that. Look at the neighbor say, I know that's right. Yes, sir. Go to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. John chapter number 10 and verse 26. We were here, and I'm going to do part two of this. Somebody say he was talking the whole time. John 10, verse 26, it says, But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep do what? Hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them what? And they shall what? Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Father, we've already asked you to speak, so we just say it again. Somebody shout, speak, Lord. We're ready to hear you. And not just hear you, but obey you. Hallelujah. High five two or three people before you take your seats and say, he's talking the whole time. He's talking the whole time, talking the whole time. Now, now we looked at this, that nobody can snatch you out of God's hand, uh, but that you can certainly remove yourself from his hand. Now, his hand is his protection. His hand is his love. His hand is his order. His hand is his leadership. Now, now we talked about this in part one, that whatever you hear is coming from one of four sources. Say four sources. Now, the first is you talking to yourself. Go to Jeremiah 17, 9. Go to Jeremiah 17, 9. We said that that first source that you could hear would be you talking to yourself. And how many of you know you lie to you? You use a lie. <laughs> now, when we say you talking to yourself, what we're saying is, uh, uh, the scripture says, Jeremiah 17, 9, let's read it together. The heart is deceitfully above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Okay. Now, the word heart there is the Hebrew word lev, which means your will, your mind. Your mind is deceitful, and it's desperately wicked, which means it's always trying to find a shortcut. 
even when the shortcut is not right. It's, it's dis- desperately wicked. You, you ever think of somebody desperate? <clears throat> if somebody's desperate to eat, they'll, they'll do anything to eat. If somebody's desperate to, 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 to get a promotion, they'll do anything to get that promotion. So when you think of desperation, the scripture says your heart is desperately wicked. Your will, your mind is desperately wicked. Now check it out. Uh, what, when we talk to ourselves, what we're actually doing is manifesting our own will in the third person. Got it? Now, when you manifest your own will in the third person, what you end up running into is where you will think you're hearing another voice and you'll think that voice might even be God's voice. The problem is it's just you. Got it? Now, here's how you can know you're not hearing from God. It sounds like you. Anytime you hear you, you can rest assured that is not God. Okay? That's a surefire test. Touch your neighbor say, if it sounds like you, it's not him. Got it? Now, <clears throat> the problem with your will and your mind is it's going to bring you comfort even if you're wrong. Amen. And it will begin to justify the wrong things you do because you're able to justify them to yourself. Isn't it amazing how you're able to justify your uh, inaccuracies and your issues to yourself, but you can't seem to justify somebody else's? You ever notice how that works? Where to you, your stuff ain't that bad. But not their stuff. Well, <laughs> just wait a minute. Because when you're talking to yourself, Satan will get you tricked to thinking that you're talking to God. And you'll sit up and have a full conversation and say, me and God was having a good, you a lie. That was not God, that was you talking to yourself. And you brought yourself comfort about your average living. If it sounds like you, it's what? Not him. You can take that to the bank. Now, the second, second thing that you're hearing when you hear a voice, it's people un, people's unbiblical opinions replaying. People's unbiblical opinions replay. Now, I want you to go to 1 Timothy 5. I want you to see this. And we talked about how people say, well, I think you should, and well, if I were you, I would. And of course, since they're not you, they don't know what they do because it's easy to criticize the steps somebody should take when you're not standing in those shoes. That's why you should never criticize leadership. You should never criticize your supervisors. You should never criticize management uh, because it's easy to stand back and say, well, I think we ought to do this. But you don't know what information the person in those shoes had that made them have to make the decision that they made. So the best thing you can do is do what the Bible says, which is pray for them that have rule over you. Scripture goes so far to say is it's, it's good for you to pray for them. He said, because you don't want to make a leader's work, the scripture says, <clears throat> you don't want to make that work grievous for them. He said, this would be unprofitable for you. Got it? Rather than complaining about your boss, I got an idea, suggestion, pray for him. And don't be praying, Lord, just let them see it the way I see it. If, listen, if he wanted it to be seen your way, I got a secret. Come here, come here. Shut up. There's a secret between me and you. Don't tell nobody. If God wanted it to be your way, he would have made you in charge. Since he didn't, he's not interested in your way. Who is it weaking at you? That's his guy I'm weaking at you. You get what I'm saying? Well, if I was in charge, guess what? You're not. Okay, and you're not because Romans 13 says he doesn't trust you. Now, that means he'll never trust you to be in charge. That means right now he don't trust you to be in charge. So the best thing you can do is pray. Now, uh, uh, 1 Timothy 5, <clears throat> verse 12, you got it? Now, remember we talked about this too where we said, well, people will say, well, the Bible says, and they'll say stuff it doesn't say. Well, the Bible says you should do this, and you should be this, and you should do that, and don't say that. 1 Timothy 5, look at this, verse 12. Having condemnation because they have cast off their what? And besides, they learn to be what? Idle. Now, idle hands and idle minds are dangerous. When people don't have enough going on in their life, they figure out something going on somewhere else. Look at it. Idle. Look what the Bible says. Read it. Wandering. Come on. Wow. Stop. Now, this was happening... 1,700 years ago. This has been happening for years. 
Okay, but people's unbiblical opinions, and why do they give you their unbiblical opinion? The scripture tells you because they've cast off their faith, so now they're trying to live through your faith. Are you here? Okay, so what ends up happening is the scripture says is that they wander from house to house, and they're not just idle, but they're gossips, and they're busybodies. And look what they say, saying things which they ought not. Okay? Got it? If it sounds like your friend, I, I got a, something to tell you. It's, it's, winking, it's a winking message. It might not be Jesus. Okay? Now notice I said might, because we learned that God will use to speak to you. You got to get part one if you're not sure what it means. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, now, now. The third thing we discovered to be talking was Satan talking. Go to 1 Chronicles 21. 1 Chronicles 21. Now, remember, we talked about how Satan mixes truth and fiction together to spawn subtle disobedience. It starts small, <clears throat> and then it explodes. It starts small, and then it explodes. It starts small, and then it explodes. Um, when a car is getting in alignment, it doesn't have to be a major misalignment for your car to swerve into somebody else's lane. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't have to be off but by a few degrees in order for it to swerve somewhere it's not supposed to be. Now, in part one, we talked about Genesis chapter three. Remember we talked about Eve and how he says to Eve, uh, has the Lord, God, did he really say that? Got it. It was very clear. There was no ambiguity. There was nothing Eve couldn't be sure about. But he got her to question something that she was very sure about. And remember, we always like to say the devil is a liar. And, and, and that is true. He does lie. But the truth is, is he tells the truth just as much as he lies. And what you have to know is how to not let him use the truth he knows about you against you. That's why the scripture says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Now, really what he was saying is if you've been redeemed by God, you ought to say so that you've been redeemed. But I found another meaning in that scripture. It means everything that the truth that Satan may know about you, you got to stop him from using that against you. you. You didn't hear what I just said. Because sometimes the things he'll say to you are not things that are false, but they are things that are very, very true. You did it. You said it. You meant it. All of that. And sometimes you got to be able to look those things back and say, you know what? I may have done everything you said that I did but I got an announcement for you I am not who you say I am mm -hmm. I did that I did that but let the redeemed of the Lord say so because he, he'll tell you the truth sometimes sometimes he ain't got to tell you no lie because sometimes your rap sheet is as good as the, he don't need to make nothing up sometimes it's can we be honest y'all y'all sometimes the stuff we've done and the thoughts we've had and the things we've said sometimes he ain't got to make stuff up sometimes sometimes all he got to say is remember tuesday and you got to look him back and say i sure do but what you didn't read is since i'm in christ behold all things have been made new i may have done everything you accuse me of but i am not who you said i am you're hearing what I'm saying? <clears throat> now, 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 go to 1 Chronicles 21. Now, watch this. He says, verse 1. Now, I want you to read it. Ready? Read. Now, Satan. Stop. Now, here's what happened. Satan moved against Israel, or David, who's the king. And he moved against them. Watch this. He didn't attack them. He made David take a census. He made David count something he was never supposed to count. Okay, let me see if I can say it another way. He made David measure something he was never supposed to measure. Okay, you, you, you're not hearing me. So, so let's look at the second verse. So David said to Joab and the leaders of the people, go and number or count Israel from Beersheba to Dan and bring the number of them to me that I may know it. And Joab answered, may the Lord make his people a hundred times more than they, but, the Lord, but my Lord the king, are they not all my Lord's servants? Why then does the Lord require this thing? Why should, he not, uh, why should he be a cause of guilt in Israel? So God was very clear with David, I don't want you taking any census in this particular period because I don't want you thinking that any victory you have came as a result of what you counted. 
See, sometimes that's what God will say. I don't know why you checking the bank account. I'm not interested in what's going on with that. Sometimes God will say, I don't know why you're counting how many friends you got in your phone. and I don't know why you're counting that. Because God says sometimes, watch this, Satan, watch this. He mixes what? Truth and fiction. Now, it was a good thing to take a census. It was not a God thing to take a census. Did you get that? So the scripture says Satan moved against David in order to make him count something. God told him, what are you counting that for? Did you get that? Okay. So if you start trying to count everything that's wrong with you compared to everything that's all right with you, you may think, but this is a God thing. It could be. But it could also be Satan standing against you in order to get you to see something that you had no business seeing at that point. There are certain things, there are certain things that God keeps from you. Amos 3 says, surely the Lord does nothing except he reveal his secrets to his servants, the prophets. Which means there are secrets that God has about you that he keeps from you. And they're supposed to be kept from you until he's ready to tell you. Got it? See, God is not a gossip. He does not blabber at the mouth. He does not have diarrhea of the mouth. He does not do that. So there are certain things that God will say, that ain't none of your business right now. We're not talking about that right now. And when I'm ready to talk about it, you'll know. How? Because your pastor will tell you it's time to talk about it. Until then, it ain't time to talk about it. So when you start counting stuff and you start, because what do you have to do when you count? Uh, you, you, ever, <clears throat> you ever gone through your couch or your car and collected the change that has fallen through the, through the uh, cracks and crevices and you go on your couch and you're pulling out and you're counting and you're trying to say, okay, what is this and what is that and you know, and you get all your change together so you can take it to the coin machine to get robbed for all of the change that you took them. Because they're charging you, what, 30% now just to count your change. What happens? You end up finding way more than what you started looking for, don't you? Because you went looking for pennies and dimes and nickels and quarters, but now you start, here is my social security card. I've been looking for this. You'll find, you know, you'll find something, you'll find a receipt for that thing, and you, and you just knew that the lady didn't give you a receipt. Matter of fact, you called the manager to tell the manager, you, you know, your customer service at your place is horrible. Y'all didn't give me no receipt, and you got the receipt the whole time in the crevice. The scripture says David moved, or Satan moved against David for him to count something he had no business counting. Isn't that something? He mixed something that was seemingly good, but it was not God. And he ended up causing David to sin because he counted something he had no business counting. He took stock of something he had no business taking stock of. Are y'all still here? Yeah. Now, now, fourth thing we discovered that could be talking to you is who? God. B-I-N-G-O. And if my voice sounds a little different, that's because I'm beating the devil up about something. <clears throat> but I'm showing you that even when you, when you got a little something, you... You, you show up flat-footed and, I mean, unless you're just all out like this here, then you just watch <laughs> on the internet campus. <laughs> but it's not like that, you understand? Okay, now, <clears throat> um, uh, uh, God talking. Say, God talk. God talk. Here's the deal. God's talking all the time. He's talking all the time. Now, there's lots of misunderstandings and misinterpretation of God's voice. Now, God's voice, let's just get some things, let's, let's de-spookify some things. Can we do that? We're going to de-spookify some things. I don't know if that's a, a real word, but it is in the Harvest Dictionary. And since I have what's called Episcopal infallibility, it is a word. <laughs> I'm just joking, just joking. Uh, uh, God's voice is God's will. God's will is God's leading. Okay? All those are the same. They're tantamount, they're synonymous, they're one and the same. Right? So when you're talking about God's voice, you're talking about his will. When you're talking about his will, you're talking about his leading. When you're talking about his leading, you're talking about his voice. You see it? They're all the same. Now, most often, God doesn't appear in an audible voice. You understand that? Because in Scripture, his precedence was to primarily reserve his audible voice for the set man or woman of God. And in fact, you, you, if you're able to find any instance, you will always be able to connect it back to that principle. 
Got it. Now, does that mean you're any less? No. It just means there's different methods of communication. The CEO of your company doesn't speak to you the same way he speaks to another executive. If you're an executive, he doesn't speak to you the same way he would speak to a customer service representative. Is one better than the other? No. One can just handle a level of communication different than another can. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That, that's all that is. One can handle it raw and one can't. One can, uh, you, you understand what I'm saying? Okay. That, that's why God in Numbers, <clears throat> when Miriam and Aaron were talking against Moses, and remember all they did was say, well, does God only speak to Moses? You know, Miriam was saying, I'm prophetess Miriam. And Aaron was saying, I'm high priest. I run the church for Moses. Got it? So uh, does the Lord only speak to Moses? And what happened? God got, woo! God got just flat foot, just said, I'm not having this. And he left. Now, check this out. He left in his glory, which meant he was so angry when he left, he didn't even change form. You, you catch that. You catch that, huh? He was so angry, he left in his glory. He manifested. He didn't send nobody. He didn't say, Gabriel, go. No, he didn't send him. He came himself, and he filled it, and he said, come out here, you three. And they thought they were hiding it from Moses to only understand that they, you can't hide nothing from Moses. You think you're hiding something from Moses, but you can't hide nothing from Moses. You can think you're hiding something from Moses, but you can't hide nothing from Moses. Because God, you know, I bet you Miriam was like, please, God, don't call Moses out here, too. And soon God got there. God was like, come on, all, no, all three of y'all, come here. And what did God say? He says, uh, listen, if there is a prophet among you, I'll make myself known to him in a dream. Which means I don't even want to deal with you when you're awake. I'll talk to you when you sleep. But why were you not afraid? Because you know Moses... I talked to him face to face, mouth to mouth, because he could handle that. You, I'll deal with when you're asleep, because that's all you can handle. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so what ends up happening is God says, so why weren't you afraid to question whether or not he talks to me? Got it? Because if I want to talk to you, I tell him to tell you. Because you I only want to deal with when your eyes are closed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, 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 so you see God gets so angry because why? Because they were questioning the, 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 this whole audible voice thing. They were questioning it and got God so angry that, that, that when he left, Miriam had leprosy for seven days and the whole camp had to stop because God said, I'm going to teach you that you don't get to hear higher than him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now say, God, <clears throat> speak. Now, now, too often, believers are looking for a burning bush experience. You know, Lord, if it's you, you know, flip the light on and say something. So y'all going to pretend y'all going to play like that? Y'all going to play like y'all ain't never done that? Lord, if it's you, just let, let, let thunder come and, you know. Lord, if it's you, let it be this. Lord, if it's you, let it be this. Lord, if it's you, do that. Lord, if it's you, let my phone ring seven times after seven o'clock. <laughs> you know? You're looking for a burning bush experience, not understanding he's talking the whole time. Right now, while you're sitting in here, signals are going through here. There's wireless signals for the microphones, and there's signals for all this screens and all this here, and there's signals for your cell phone. There's signals all around you that are communicating. You just can't see them. But because you can't see them and because you can't interpret them properly does not mean that they are not communicating something to an appropriate receiver. Did you hear what I just said? Say, God, you're talking the whole time. Help me tune in. Now, there's four kinds of people that come to church. I'm going to teach you how to tune in. You ready? I'm going to teach you how to tune. I'm teach you how to tune. Uh, there are four kinds of people that come to church. They are what? Multitude, sheep, and sons. Now, now, you have to at least be to the level of a sheep to hear his voice. Why? Because if you're not at least a sheep, then your, your legs have been broken. Now, remember we talked about, let me explain this. We talked about how <clears throat> with sheep, the scripture always uses to refer to a pastor 
and member relationship, it uses a sheep and shepherd uh, uh, analogy there. Uh, because we see that in the scripture, the Hebrews, they were agricultural people, so they could understand this analogy very well. And so when you look at a sheep and a shepherd, sheep couldn't what? They couldn't see very well. So they had to compensate for their lack of vision, sight. They had to compensate for that with their ability to hear. And the voice they needed to learn, more important than any other voice, was the voice of their what? Shepherd. Because if they learned the voice of their shepherd, they would be able uh, to uh, get past all of these issues. Now, uh, in them learning the voice of their shepherd, the shepherd, I told you, would do two things with his staff. Remember, the end of his staff was crooked so that he could snatch him. Got it? Which means sometimes you got to get snatched up because sometimes the sheep would act like it didn't hear the shepherd and start wandering somewhere it had no business being. And so sometimes the shepherd would say, get yourself for, you know, sometimes the... You know, parents, how when you go into Target and you say, don't go over there to the toy section. <clears throat> and they go over there to the toy section and you say, get over here. I told you not to come over here. I know you don't do that, but your neighbor. <laughs> and remember, the end of the staff, the end of the staff was very firm because the shepherd would use it to do what? Break the legs of the sheep because sometimes the sheep would get its prerogative and think it could do what it wanted to do. And sometimes the shepherd would have to say, you are not Bobby Brown uh, and you will not become Bobby Brown. You didn't hear what I'm saying. It ain't, it ain't just about being your prerogative. It's, a, it's about, okay, it's your prerogative. Okay. All right. Just say amen. Okay, cool. So I move on now. Now, 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 now. Say, Lord, I want your will, not mine. Okay, now, a lot of the stuff you go through that feels like it's killing you, it's because it is. The stuff that feels like it's crushing you, it's because it is. It's breaking your legs. Boop. Now, here's what I found out. You could either be one of them sheep that tries to run away and act crazy, and remember, he's just going to flip it around and snatch you back. Paid too much for you at the auction. Paid way too much for you. Can't lose on it. Can't lose on it. Gave his life at the auction. Okay? So you can either be one of those sheep that does that, or you can be one of those sheep that just lays down and says, break away. <laughs> just, just, just break. Here you go. Matter of fact, I'll cut it for you. Just, you have it. I don't even want no legs. No just take them. Okay? He'll break your will voluntarily. Or involuntarily. Got it? And the truth is, for many people, it has to be involuntary because he has to get you to point zero, and then he has to rebuild you. But now you don't have to let it be that way. You don't have to lose everything to gain the thing. Now, you choose for it to be that way if you want. But either way, you need to know he's not losing on his investment. Got it? Now, now. In the scriptures, very quickly, because I'm going to teach you, I'm going to teach you how to tune in. You want to know how to tune in? Okay, I'm going to teach you how to tune in. Now, in the scriptures, we found out that there were some precedents for how God speaks. The first one was what? Logos, God's, the, or the word of God, the Bible, what God's already said. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a what? Lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Got it? Now, God speaks through the word, <clears throat> and we talked about that. Second thing we talked about is angelic visitation. Now, go to Genesis 19 very quickly. Because I, I talked about it in part one, but I want you to see this for yourself in part one with these angels and how they appeared as men. I told you that, but I want you to see it. Angelic visitation, don't be thinking, I, I saw Gabriel in a napkin. No, you didn't. The ink just printed out that way. You ain't seen nothing. <laughs> Mother Teresa was on the back of my coffee. No, that ain't. That's that lady from uh, the uh, Bananas, Chiquita. That's Chiquita. <laughs> That's who that is. That's Chiquita. That ain't, that ain't, come on. Got it? Genesis 19, verse 1. You got it? Now, y'all got to read this. Read it for me. Ready? Read. And he said, here now, my lords, please turn into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. And 
Okay, stop. Now, real quick, you see they got feet, they go to sleep, and they eat. Okay, but now let me just take it to another further, because you say, well, that could be anything. Well, let me go ahead and just, boom, put the nail in this thing. You ready? Look what it says right here. Now, before they laid down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both the old men and the young men, came from every quarter and surrounded the house. And they called out to Lot and said, where are the what? Now, go to verse 1. Now the two what? Go to verse 5. And they called to Lot and said to him, where are the men? So you see angels when they're in earth look like men. You, You see that? Now, where are the two men who came with you tonight? Bring them out that we may uh, get to know them carnally. They didn't want to talk. Okay. Now, (laughs) say angelic visitation. Okay. God will uh, speak through uh, angels, and angels will appear as men. Got it? And God uses that way. God did that for Mary, the mother of Jesus. God does that. Now, but then the other way we talked about was prayer, praise, and worship. Now, go to Psalm 22. Psalm 22. We talked about this, so I'm going fairly expeditiously so you can be with me. We talked about prayer, praise, and worship is two-way communication. It's not just us doing something, uh, but it's him responding to what we're doing. Got it? You know, this, it's not a concert where you just shout and they tell you, pump it up, pump it up. Y'all scream, holler, and all that, and, you, and all that, and, you, and they don't give you nothing back. No, it's not that way. Prayer, praise, and worship, it's a two-way street. It's communication. It's where God says, you give me something, and then I'm going to give you something back. And every time, you, God likes to outgive himself. <clears throat> and since God is, is, is a giver, what God will do is what you give him, he'll always give you something greater than what you give him. So just imagine if you gave him fervent, hot, fiery prayer, praise, and worship. Just imagine what you get back from him. Uh, But now then on the other side, imagine when you give him half-hearted, I'm tired, I'm ready to sit down, prayer, praise, and worship. Uh, Then just imagine what you get back from him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, Psalm 22, 33. You got it? Let's read it. But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Now, here's what that means. God, uh, you've heard this said another way, that God inhabits the praises of his people. Psalm 22, 33. Y'all got it? Or 223. 223. I was testing y'all. I was testing you. Uh-huh. I was seeing if y'all had y'all real Bibles. Or y'all was gonna play and be like, that's right, Bishop. It says it right here. It says it right here. You're right. <laughs> uh-huh. I so was testing you too, because some of y'all was trying to fake the funk. <laughs> like Bishop got another Bible. That's okay. That's the bishop's version. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Now say God is enthroned. Now, check this out. If you don't know anything about a monarchy, then, then this doesn't make very much sense to you. Uh, but if you've ever seen a monarchy in action, it makes a lot of sense to you. A monarchy is ran. It, it literally means the, the, the origin of the word, the etymology of it, monarchy, mono, one. It means one way, one system. Now, check this out. A monarchy is led by a king and a queen. Now, catch this out. The king doesn't sit on the throne all day. I know you might think that, that in a monarchy, and there are still some that exist in our world today, uh, 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 in a monarchy, you may think the king just sits on the throne all day with his crown on just eating. <laughs> I know, that's what you might think. That's not true, though. A uh, king, actually, the only time he comes out uh, into his, where he takes his throne is when he's getting ready to make decisions. When he's getting ready to make decrees. Uh, And so what happens is the scripture says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. Well, when you're in the court of the king, the court is the only thing that precedes the throne. Gates, court, throne. Come on, say it. Gates, court, throne. Now, so when I come in with thanksgiving and when I come in with praise, I'm now in his court. Say I'm in his court. Well, the only place for me left to go is now to the throne. And the scripture says, when I praise him, it makes him stop what he's doing and come take the throne. And the only time the king needs to take the throne is when the king is ready to make a decision. Uh, And so if there's some stuff you need God to do for you, I'm here to tell you that if you enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, God will get off of whatever he's doing over here and come see about you and take his throne. And when he takes his throne, he's going to make some decisions for you. 
That's why you've never seen a depressed person that worships and praises God. You've never seen them sad. Why don't you see them sad? Because they already got God's attention. And when they got God's attention, God said, baby, I already took care of that. I already issued a decree. So let it be written. So let it be done. He's enthroned. He takes the throne in our praise and our prayer and our worship. He says he'll what do you need me to do for you? I like the movie Ten Commandments because you can see this in action. You remember the movie Ten Commandments? Not the new, newfangled one, not the new school. Talking about the old school, about four and a half hours. It takes all night on Easter Sunday night to watch it. You know what I mean? And by the t you fall asleep with heat getting in the mud pits, and by the time you wake up, it still ain't over because he's just now opening his arms. And, and you get to see the good parts, you know what I mean? Now, you saw that. Remember when the people came and presented gifts to Pharaoh? And y'all, if you ain't seen the movie, go, go, go get it and, and block out an afternoon so you can. The people came and they were presenting gifts to Pharaoh. And as they were coming into his court, they would, they would bow. They would offer some kind of praise or honor to the Pharaoh. And then they would present a gift to him. You never come before king empty-handed. And so they would bring a gift to him. And as they brought their gift to him, he would then say, what is it you want me to do for you? That's how Moses came in and said, uh, I want you to let the people go. Are you here? Now, 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 we also figured out uh, on part one that God also speaks through someone or something that we least expect. Remember, we talked about Numbers 22, about how God spoke, spoke through Balaam's donkey. King James used a slightly different nomenclature to describe that animal. Now, I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm going to teach you how to tune in. Y'all all right? I just want to get you here so you can tune in. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 25. You got it? It says, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men, for you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, which means God does not call the qualified. He qualifies those that he calls, uh, which means if he told you to do it, shut up complaining and do it. Oh, I want to talk to somebody because Moses came with a bunch of I can't do this. I don't know how to speak. I don't know this. I don't know that. And God said, I'm not really interested in all of that, Moses. I'll tell you what you do. Look at what you already got in your hand because uh, what you got is already stronger than what you don't have. Let your neighbor say what you have. It's far greater than what you lack. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, look at, look at there. He says, verse 27, but God has chosen the what? Foolish things of the world to put to shame the what? <clears throat> and he's chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame those things that are mighty. And the base things of the world uh, and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring... Uh, to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence, which means God will sometimes use unlikely sources to speak very clearly. Got it? Because he uses foolish things to speak to wise things. Got it? It's just kind of like how God adds. God subtracts in order to add. God divides in order to multiply. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, then we talked about this. Y'all all right? I got to move. Then we talked about how, how uh, God also speaks to, what's the next thing? Come on, note takers. Your pastor. Your pastor. Okay, now, uh, uh, in part one, I gave you 1 Samuel chapter 3 about how when I'm your pastor, God's voice will literally sound like my voice. So when you're hearing my voice, that's literally God talking to you in that moment. Right now, for the last 35 minutes, I have, God has been talking to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, he's literally been talking to you. Now, but I want to show you another scripture. Go to Numbers 27. Numbers 27. Numbers 27. And so many people in the body of Christ miss this principle because they think that somehow you can usurp God's order. Check this out. If even Jesus, who was God in the flesh, had to follow his own prescribed order. What do you mean his own prescribed order? What did Jesus do? He went to John the Baptist and said, I want you to baptize me. Now, he didn't need him to baptize him so he could get saved. 
It was a Hebrew custom called a mikvah, M-I-K-V-A-H. Mikvah was what you used to consecrate or ordain a priest to set one aside for the priesthood. So what he was literally doing when John the Baptist baptized him, as our English scripture says, he was actually consecrating him as a priest and a teacher of the gospel. Which means if Jesus had to submit to somebody and he's God, you can take all of that, it's just me and him, to the bank, the broke bank, because that check will bounce every time. If Jesus had to submit to a man, you certainly have to do the same. And I'm going to show you in the Bible where it says it. Numbers 27, verse 15. Ready? Let's read together. Then Moses spoke to the Lord, saying, Let the Lord set a man over the congregation. Now, I could stand there for a little minute and teach about that part, but I won't. Verse 17. Who may what? Go out before them and go in before them. Who may lead them out and bring them in. That the congregation of the Lord may not be like who have no sheep. You see it again? How they use this typology with sheep and shepherds? Now, this is God's will. God says, I want a man over the congregation that can lead them in, take them out, go over here, be all over there, go over there, stand up over here, move over there, stop doing that. I don't like that. Sit down. Stand up. Put your feet together. Put them apart. God said, I want, I, 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 I want the people to not act like they don't know where they're going because they got a shepherd. If you're sitting up in here talking about I'm confused and I don't know this and I don't know that and I'm not sure about this, then you are acting like a sheep with no shepherd because I didn't say enough stuff. Okay, y'all ain't going to say nothing. There's enough word coming from this pulpit to where there ought to be nothing in your life you don't have certainty about. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, now, when you listen to your pastor, you don't have to act like you don't know where you're going. The scripture says, because I don't want my people being like a sheep with no shepherd. I said, I don't want that. I don't need you having that. Are you getting what I'm saying? I touch your neighbor and say, you are not shepherdless. Then we talked about how God speaks through what? Storms. And we talked about that and we looked at Psalm uh, 77 and we talked about that. Now, God is speaking when? Say all the time, God is speaking. Now, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, are you tuned in or zoned out? You ever met a space cadet? Somebody work for NASA? They just never present. I mean, never. It's not that they're distracted because they got something going on. They're just never, ever, ever aware Huh? What do you mean? <laughs> okay. And if you work for NASA, that's okay. We're going to get you employed by the kingdom for us over. Now, now, now look at this. Now look at this. Look at this. The question is, what tunes us out? What tunes us out? It's just like when you on your radio, on your radio um, dial. Y'all remember the cars where, where you had two, two knobs? One was the volume knob, and one was the tuner knob. Now, they don't do them that way no more. They got buttons and up and down switches. But it was, it was a, in touch screens and all, and you'd speak to it and say, change channel. You know, I'm trying to get me a car where I think it and it does it. Somebody going to do it for me. Now, 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 you remember how sometimes uh, if you were trying to listen to a station and you were in a certain area, you'd have to adjust your tuning because the area you were in wasn't conducive to receive the signal. So what happens is, is people will set their signal on Sunday, but because they're navigating through different spots in life, they forget that you have to adjust your tuner based on the predicament and situation that you're in. Because if I leave it on the same setting, whenever I'm driving uh, from the Denver metro area to Colorado Springs, the, the Christian station I listen to, it changes uh, frequencies. 
And so all of a sudden, it, it'll, it'll stop the Christian music. It'll turn into some dum 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 you know, it'll, it'll change it to Spanish music. And I can't, you know, I'm, I'm saying I wish I knew what they were saying. I bet I haven't gotten to that step in my lesson on Spanish for dummies. And so it'll change. So watch this. Because I'm changing my position and the area I'm in, I have to adjust my tuner so I can keep getting the signal. Now, I can sit there and act confused and act dumb and act befuddled like, why is the signal not working? Uh, but it's not working because where I'm at, it's not conducive to be on that station. Which means sometimes when you find yourself in a tight situation, you're going to have to turn your tune up. And sometimes when you feel like throwing in the towel, you're going to have to adjust your tuner. Because the predicament you're in is not conducive to you being on the 80s series. It needs you to tune all the way up to the 100 series. I, I wish somebody that had a radio knew what I was saying. So now, so now, what tunes us out? Sin tunes us out. Any kind of sin, but especially pride and self-righteousness. Because pride makes you think you're still on the right station even though it's static. And self-righteousness won't let you admit that you're on the wrong station. Now, the second thing that tunes us out, so sin's the first thing. Got it? Okay? When, 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 you, when, you, when, when, you, when you create distance between you and God, it's like it's, it's, it, it, it's a, it's a self-inflicted, uh, I can't think of nothing for the end, but it's a self-inflicted gap. In gap. See, sin, self-inflicted in gap. Uh, the thesaurus doesn't have very many options for words that begin with it in. Now, now what happens is you, you create distance. Got it? And when you create that distance, what ends up happening is that you will end up missing the signal. Do you hear what I'm saying? Okay, sin is like putting a, a, a signal distorter over your house and saying, I wonder why the cable ain't working. You, you got a signal jammer over your car and saying, what is wrong with this radio? There's nothing wrong with the radio and there's nothing wrong with the sender of the signal. What's wrong is there's something blocking the signal from getting through. Touch your neighbor say, don't block the signal, don't block the signal. Don't block this. Nothing is worth blocking the signal. But here's the second thing after sin that blocks the signal. Y'all all right? Second thing that blocks the signal is its unbiblical assumptions. Here's what I mean by that. It's stuff like, well, if God doesn't want it to happen, he'll stop me. That's not true. So then I guess you don't lock your doors at night because if God doesn't want somebody to break in, nobody will break in. Right? I guess if you're going to use that same line of thought, I, I know you don't wear your seatbelt. Why? Because if God doesn't want you to get in an accident, you won't. And if you do, if he wants you to live, you're not going through the window. He's going to hold you. Got it? Here, here's another one. Everything, finish it. It does. You did it. <laughs> I mean, that's the reason. That's why that happened. Okay. So, so unbiblical assumptions and sin are signal blockers because we'll assume before we listen. We'll assume before we hear. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay, I got to move because I'm over time. Here we go. How do you tune in? Say, Lord, I need to tune in. So here's how you tune in. First thing is you have to yield. Say yield. Okay, that, that's the whole point. Got to yield. Now, now, I know your next question. Bishop, how do I yield? How do we yield? Uh, the area I live in, they have a bunch of roundabouts, and they really bother me, these roundabouts, because you, what you have to do is you got to, you know, look at four different places now to try to figure out, you know, when it's your turn to go on the roundabout. And don't be on the phone when you're trying to get in the roundabout. These roundabouts really, really bother me. I'm not a fan of them. Uh, I really have an issue with the roundabouts. I'd much rather prefer a four-way stop because that's very clear. I'm on the right. It's my turn to go. You know, in my world, I'd have just four-way stops. But now watch this. Say yield. Now, here's how you yield. 
Step one, it's only three steps. Acknowledge. Now, remember, you're going to hear four voices from one of those sources. Got it? Now, we obviously want to only, only yield to what voice? God's voice from one of those sources, right? So you yield to that voice and that voice only. Proverbs 3, 6 says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Well, how can you acknowledge without yielding? That's what, a, that's what the roundabout's about. I have to yield to you because I'm acknowledging you're there. So then the way I'm able to make sure that I tune into God is I yield, I acknowledge that voice from one of those sources and that one only. Now, I already told you, you got a, some clear, far ways to know when it's not him. So there's some stuff you be like, that's you. You ain't even got to think twice about that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm probably, it's going to happen tonight. It's going to happen tomorrow. You're going to be sitting up. You're gonna be, it's going to be paying. And you're going to have to remember this teaching. Because you're held accountable because since you learned. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, here's the second thing. So... After you acknowledge, here's the second thing, get schooled. <laughs> what do you mean get schooled? John 14, 26 says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I said. Because sometimes when you're in a tight situation, you, you don't remember what you need to remember when you need to remember it. Anybody have been there? Or you're in a tight situation and which you like, I know this. I know this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, I know this. Oh, I know this. You ever had somebody say something to you and say, oh, what's the name of that movie? And then you just stuck until 2 o'clock in the morning. At 2 o'clock in the morning, you wake up out of a dead sleep. Sister Act 2. And you're like, doggone it. Why did I remember that? And so a few years ago, you couldn't do nothing about it. Now you text them. I remember what we was talking about today at lunch. It's sister action. That voice that you yield to will school you. Now, let me translate in case you're not familiar with what school means. Uh, that is a, uh, I don't know the origin of that colloquialism, but it is simply a slang terminology to mean get your lessons. Get your lessons. That's your David say, get your lessons. In the country, we don't say, well, how'd you, how'd you, you know, go do your homework? We say, baby, go get your lessons. You understand? Go get your lessons. Did you get your lessons today? Where your lessons at? <laughs> say, Lord, school me. So you, you yield, but you yield, you acknowledge. Okay, that ain't the voice, that ain't the voice. That's the voice. Now, school me. And the scripture says he's going to bring things to your remembrance that you need to remember. Things that you forgot. Things that are edged deep. See, you may not think that you hear everything I say, but your spirit records it. Your, I said your spirit records it. I said your spirit records it. And since you're, because see, I'm not preaching to your face. I'm not even preaching to your emotions. I'm preaching to your spirit. See, the words I speak are spirit and they bring life. Now, check this out. Since I'm speaking to your spirit, you may not even remember I said it. It may not be on your notepad anywhere. You may not be, didn't even hear it on the CD. But when you, you allow God's voice to school you, when you're in a situation where you need to remember what you did not remember, he'll bring it up out of your spirit. Touch your neighbor, say, get school, baby, get school. And then the last thing you do, and I'm totally done. Submit to the voice. Don't quench the voice. Submit to the voice. Don't. What good is it hearing from God and you ain't, you ain't going to listen no how? Got it? I got this rule where when I determine people ain't listening, I quit talking. It's very, very simple. Okay, it'll save you. It'll save you time and energy. You sitting there just talking, talking, talking. When you determine that people aren't listening, quit talking. Just, okay, just quit talking. Now, 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says this, do not quench the spirit. Quench means to put out or to extinguish. Got it? Okay, so you got to do what? To yield, what you got to do? Acknowledge. Okay, all right, God, that ain't you, that ain't you, that's you. How would I know? That sounds like Bishop. 
if I'm your pastor? How do I know? That's the scripture. Not some scripture somebody told me, but it's the scripture that I read and I synced it for myself. Okay. Then, then once I'm able to do that, then what I do? I let it school me. It's going to tell me everything I need to know. Especially when you get angry. Let it school you. Because it will tell you to shut up. Anybody ever had God tell you to school you? It'll to shut your mouth. Don't you say nothing else. Because the Holy Ghost that's a lover and a comforter, he's a trainer too. You, you know what trainers do? They, he'll train you. He'll bridle your tongue. He'll say, what you, shut up. You better not say nothing else. Turn your head. Quit looking over there. For I, you better put that phone down. Put that phone down. You, it, come on. Are y'all going to sit here and act like. When you want to say, well, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. He'll say, you better put that piece back in the refrigerator before I knock you out. When you want to say, I'm not the one, he's going to say, yes, you are. You better shut up and get back in there. When you're sitting there complaining, he's going to say, you better, I'm going to give you something. You, what, oh, you complaining? Oh, I'm going to show you some complaining. Oh, we got problems? I'm going to show you problems. Let him school you. And then once he schools you, do what he said. Submit to it. Got it? Stand on your feet with me, everybody. You get this word tonight? Good. Good part of it was review, but you got some new info too. Say, Lord, help me yield to your voice. You're speaking all the time. I want to hear you. I want to tune in, not tune out. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're a great God. You're an awesome God. You're a mighty God. None like you, none beside you. None greater than you. Who is like the Lord? We honor you. I said we honor you. Anybody love the Lord in here? Just Would you just lift your hands and honor him tonight? If you're on the internet campus, would you just lift your hands wherever you're at? Would you just lift your hands and honor him tonight? Just honor him with me. Wow. We honor you. You're enthroned in our praises. Woo! Come on and sit on the throne. Hey, Jesus. Make some decisions for our favor. Make some decrees for our favor. Hallelujah. 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 Everybody, lift this, just lift your hands with me and say this confession. Say, Lord, thank you for thinking enough of me to speak to me. I won't waste your voice. I am not a sheep without a shepherd. I don't have to wander. Somebody needs to say that again. I don't have to wander another day of my life. God, somebody needs to say that again. I don't have to wander another day of my life. In Jesus' name. If you believe that, would you just go wild and give God some praise? Hallelujah. Call two or three people around you as you take your seats and just tell them you need this message. Tell them that they need it. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. 
They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.